Hey, everybody. Welcome to the weekly show where we take a look back and forward at some of the biggest news affecting the sport that we love. Whether it's a broken home run record, a famous player's birth, or a major franchise trade, we'll have it all covered. I'm Jeff Lambert, and this is This Week in Baseball History. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week in Baseball History. I'm your host, Jeff Lambert. It is a pleasure to be able to present this week's content to you. This is a special way that I like to say thank you to you for becoming a free subscriber to our email newsletter. And, uh, you know, we have some great topics to go through this week. It's always fun to do this because even though it's a little shorter, it puts into perspective how many interesting things happen on a daily basis in baseball's history. And I hope you get the benefit of hearing some of those as well. So let's go ahead and jump into why you're here and talk about this week's most memorable moments. On July 17, 1946, Jolton Joe's hitting streak is capped. That's right, I'm referring to Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak of 56 games came to an end at Cleveland's Municipal Stadium. The Yankee center fielder went hitless in three at-bats against Indian pitchers Al Smith and Jim Bagme, but the Yankees still won the game 4-3. DiMaggio's streak had begun on May 15, 1941, almost five seasons prior, and had taken the baseball world by storm. During this streak, DiMaggio hit 408 with 15 home runs and 55 RBI. He also faced some of the best pitchers in the game during the streak, including Bob Feller, Hal Neuhauser, and Lefty Grove. So the streak ended in the bottom of the first inning when DiMaggio hit a sharp ground ball down the third baseline, and Indians third baseman Ken Keltner made a brilliant backhanded stop and he threw DiMaggio out. The crowd of 67,000 at Municipal Stadium were stunned that DiMaggio's streak had come to an end. However, they still cheered him on as he left the field, and the Yankees went on to win the game, so it wasn't a total loss. But certainly for DiMaggio, the streak was over. On July 18, 1882, the first ambidextrous pitcher made his debut. Tom Mullaney of the Louisville Eclipse became the first ambidextrous pitcher in professional baseball history when he switched hands in the fourth inning of a game against the Baltimore Orioles. Mullaney was a natural right-hander, but he had taught himself to throw left-handed after injuring his right arm. So in the fourth inning of that game, Mullaney was really struggling, and he had given up seven runs in three innings, and the Orioles were ahead 7-2. So Mullaney decided to switch to his left hand, and he retired the next three batters in order. So Mullaney pitched with both hands for the rest of the game, but he was unable to prevent the Orioles from winning as they pulled the game out 9-8. However, his performance in that game showed that he was a unique talent, and he went on to have a successful career as a switch pitcher. Interesting concept. So he played in the major leagues from 1881 to 1894, and he won 284 games. He was a three-time 30-game winner, and he led the American Association in strikeouts in 1882, that same season. He was also the first pitcher to throw a no-hitter in the American Association which he did on September 11th, 1882. On July 19th, 1909, the first unassisted triple play occurred. Cleveland Knapp's shortstop Neil Ball pulled off the first unassisted triple play in modern Major League history. The play occurred in the second inning of a game against the Boston Red Sox at League Park. With two men up base, Boston's Andy McConnell hit a line drive to Ball at shortstop. Ball caught the ball, and then he stepped on second base to retire Heine Wagner, great name, who was running from first base, 
and then ball tagged Jake Stahl, who was running from second base to third base. And there you have it, the first unassisted triple play. And it's one of the rarest plays in baseball. There have only been 15 unassisted triple plays in uh, professional baseball history. And Balls was the first one to occur in the modern era. Now, Ball as a player was a journeyman shortstop. He played for four different teams in his seven-year professional baseball career. He was not really known for his defensive skills, but he made the most of his opportunity. And of course, on July 19, 1909, he turned one of the most memorable plays in baseball history. On July 20th, 1880, Eddie Kolb, a Cleveland Spiders pitcher, was born. Eddie Kolb was an American Professional League baseball pitcher who pitched just one game for the 1899 Cleveland Spiders. And he was born on July 20th, 1880, like I said, in Cincinnati, Ohio. His only appearance in the majors came on October 15th, 1899. So we're fast forwarding to 19 years old. He made his first appearance and it was in the second game of a doubleheader against the St. Louis Browns. He pitched the game's final three innings and he allowed two runs on three hits and the Spiders ended up losing the game 10 to three, which they did a lot during their history. <laughs> and so this young Eddie Kolb never pitched in the majors again. He ended up playing for several minor league teams after the 1899 season, and he did manage a few teams, but that was the extent of his career. And he ended up dying on October 1st, 1949 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Eddie Kolb, born on July 20th. On July 21st, 1967, Hall of Famer Jimmy Fox passed away. Jimmy Fox was a Major League Baseball player who played from 1925 to 1945. He was born on this day in Sudbury, Massachusetts, and he died in Miami, Florida on July 21st. Excuse me, let me rephrase that. I'm going to start over. On July 21st, 1967, Hall of Famer Jimmy Fox passed away. Jimmy Fox was a Major League Baseball player who played from 1925 to 1945. He was born on July 22, 1907 in Sudbury, Massachusetts, and he died in Miami, Florida on July 21, 1967. Fox was a two-time American League MVP and a three-time World Series champion, and he was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1951. Fox was a power-hitting first baseman. He was one of the best hitters in baseball during his era. He led the American League in home runs four times and in RBIs five times. And he also won the Triple Crown in 1933 when he led the league in batting average with a 356 average, 58 home runs, and 169 RBI. Fox was a key member of the Philadelphia Athletics that won the World Series in 1929, 30, and 31. And he was also a member of my Boston Red Sox and the team that won the World Series in 1946. So Jimmy Fox was a dominant force in baseball for over two decades, and he was one of the most feared hitters in the game during his time. He helped lead his teams to many championships, and he is considered one of the greatest first basemen in baseball history. And on July 21st, he passed away. On July 22nd, 2000, a roof malfunction ruined a Mariners game. Yeah, that's right. There was a rainstorm that interrupted a game between the Mariners and the Texas Rangers at the new Safeco Field. And Safeco Field had a stadium roof that could be retracted uh, during sunny days and closed during rainy times. Well, that didn't work out for this game because it had been only open for a few times. The park was brand new and it was supposed to close automatically with the push of a button when it started to rain. But there was a computer problem that prevented it from doing so. So that left the roof wide open and rain came in and drenched fans in the stadium. And the game was delayed for 54 minutes while the roof was manually closed. 
the Mariners did resume play and they went on to win the game 13 to 5. The computer program that caused the roof to malfunction was later traced to a software glitch. Now, this wasn't the first time that Safeco Field had a computer problem that they had to deal with during a game. In 1999, the stadium scoreboard malfunctioned during a game and it caused the score to be incorrect. So the Mariners again said they fixed a problem with the scoreboard. Then they had the issue with the roof. And, you know, it's really they had some technical glitches, I guess you could say, early on in the stadium's history. That happened on July 22. On July 23, 1965, Dick Stewart homered in his 23rd different ballpark. Dick Stewart hit a home run at Shea Stadium on this day in history in a 5-1 win for the Philadelphia Phillies over the New York Mets. And his home run was his 23rd that he hit like in 23 different ballparks. And that set a major league record at the time. And Stewart throughout his career was a power hitting first baseman. He played for the Phillies, the Pirates, and the Cardinals, and his career spanned over 12 years. And he was really known to fans at the time for having an unorthodox batting stance. And it involved holding the bat with the barrel facing down before he brought it up to hit. So that home run that he hit at Shea Stadium was the 23rd, like I said, the 23rd different park he had a home run in. And that broke the record of 22 that was set by Mel Ott in 1934. Now, Stewart would go on to hit home runs in 24 different ballparks overall, but his record was eventually broken by Willie Stargell in 1973. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of our review of the memorable moments that happened in baseball history this week. I want to thank you for joining me. Thank you for being a free subscriber, and I look forward to connecting with you next week.